Well, thank you, Pastor Manuel. What a blessing, the Word of God. We are speaking of the beginning of Paul and Barnabas's. Well, Acts chapter 13 and 14 are commonly known as Paul's first missionary journey. This isn't technically true. He has been on mission all this time. He's been on on mission in Damascus, in Tarsus, um, Antioch. But this is what we consider the first missionary journey because it's the first push westward. It's the first time that Paul is sent uh, to the western uh, world, to the the non-Jewish region. It's a, a wonderful example of how if we're faithful in where he's planted us, he's going to expand our territory. You guys remember that prayer of Jabez that was so popular years ago? That's found in First Chronicles. Uh, it's a good prayer. Irritated me because people were just praying that. But um, but if we're faithful where we're at, God is going to expand our territories. Paul was faithful, and and where he was at in Damascus and. In, in the region of the Palestine region, and God sent him forward into other areas. You know, some people ask, you know, and even maybe you ask me, why isn't God sending me forward? Well, it might be because you're not being faithful where you're at with what he's given you. And that's, the, but if we're faithful, God will send us and expand our territory. Now, Paul begins his missionary journey with a trip to the island of Cyprus. This is that large island 390 miles off the coastline. There's multiple cities on the coast and they will begin their missionary journey by traveling from island from from city to city. And this is a natural place that for them to start their missionary journey. Because this is where Barnabas is from. You know, when we're excited about something, when you love something, when you have something you want to share, it's what we talk about. And the first people we want to talk about it with are those we love, the ones we're closest to, our families often. And it would be natural for Barnabas to want to share this with his family, the love of Jesus Christ with his family. Now, Paul and Barnabas are not the first people to bring the message of Jesus to this island. We don't have the names of the people that first sent there. The first people that went were the people that had come, were the Hellenistic Jews that had come and they were scattered to other areas and the Greek, the, the Greek Jews had come and they laid the groundwork for Paul and Barnabas to begin their missionary journey there and spread the good news of Jesus Christ to an island that worshipped many gods, had lots of temples on it. And so these two will travel from town to town And as they're traveling from town to town, we see in this passage that they meet two men. The first one is Sargis Paulus, 
which is a Roman proconsul, which um, means that he's been appointed by the Roman Senate to rule over the island. He's like the ruler of the island for a year or two. And um, the Bible makes an, an important point here. This, and it points this out, is an intelligent man. Have you ever thought about why it points out the fact that this is an intelligent man? Oh, like he was an idiot. He was a smart man. He was an intelligent man. And I think about when I, when I, when I first read that, I thought, you know, intelligent people can be the hardest people to share the love of Jesus Christ with. You know? Why are they, why are they, because they already know what they believe. They have the rationale. They've got the reasons behind why they, they thought about it. So they can be the hardest people to share with because they're intelligent. So they've already got their beliefs behind them and they know why they believe. That's why often when you see those, those, those movies with them witnessing the people, that all people are always kind of dumb. Because intellectual people are hard to witness to. You know, when they, they try to defeat the other religion, they always have the guy who kind of doesn't even know what's being said. It's not like they're going up against the intelligent rabbi or the intelligent you know, elder of the church. They're always going up against the guy who, well, I think the Book of Mormon said this. Because intelligent people are hard. <laughs> And it made the point, this is an intelligent man. Now, he is a Greek um, or a Roman, uh, Roman, Greco-Roman world. He would have believed in multiple gods. Atheism wasn't really a thing. They had multiple gods and they worshipped multiple gods. The biggest temple on the island of Cyprus at this time was to the, the goddess um, Aphrodite, the goddess of sexual love. And in his mind, and it sounds like when I, if I'm going I'm to say something, it's going to sound a little silly to you, but remember at the time, this was an intellectual man believing what people believed. This was not stupid. Okay? So in Aphrodite, uh, the worship of Aphrodite cult. She was born from the foam of the ocean after her father Uranus castrated, uh, was castrated by Kronos and his genitals were thrown into the sea and she rose up out of it. Now it sounds kind of silly to us, but that was one of the things that a rational pe- person would believe at the time of the writing. We don't look at them like they're stupid because this was what the rational thought was telling them. And I wonder in 100 years, 200 years, what kind of things will we, people will look back at our way of thinking and go, that was stupid. <laughs> that was barbaric. That was silly. Did those guys have brains on their head? Because time passes we learn our way of thinking changes and this intellectual man he had the rationale that these things are real today we don't have all those gods but we still worship them 
let's talk evolution for just a second. I'm not going to argue, if you believe that God created the earth and 6 billion years old versus uh, 6,000 year olds, that's not what I'm talking about here. But the theory of evolution says that that man evolved out of four different individuals, and we'll get we can get into the scientifics of it. But the thing that really bothers me is not whether evolution happened or it didn't happen; it's the chance of it all, because chance or luck is another god it's another deity the greek and the romans had gods of chance so we say well god it was it was evolved out of chance you're actually saying well that the god of chance created it we don't call it that anymore we don't say that anymore actually but that's what we're saying because we don't realize that chance is just another we're another god. There's a lot of things out there that we don't realize are what they would have. When the Bible says, "Have no other gods before me," there are a lot of things that are out there in this world that they would have called gods. We say, "Well, I don't worship any other god. I don't go to another church. I don't have another." There are a lot of things out there that they would have called gods. We just don't call them that anymore. That doesn't make them any less gods. So we have this intellectual man who is stopped from hearing the gospel, the truth, because of a name, man named Bar-Jesus. Bar meaning son. That's the Aramaic word for son. In the Hebrew, it would be Ben. Jesus. Jesus is a common name at the time period. It's not like it's so holy that you can't have the name Jesus at this time. Bar Jesus, which means uh, the son of Jesus. It's a common name. So when Paul calls him the son of the devil, Bar Hasatan, Son of the devil, he's playing off his name, Bar Jesus. Because I'm here to talk about Jesus. You're no son of his. You're son of the Satan, the adversary. He's playing off his name there. It's a pun. His name also Alimus. Uh, Alimus uh, comes from the Aramaic word for sage or dream interpreter. So this man. He's a sorcerer, uh, magician. Some people wonder if he was a respected astrologer. But in the context of the book of Acts, it seems more like he's a fake or a charlatan. He's not a true magician. He's a false prophet. Which means that he speaks... As if God was speaking for his own self-interest. Says they're God's words. But he's also Jewish. At this time, the Jews have this reputation for having unusual powers of prophecy and magic. 
And when we look at the Bible, we see that that's come true on many occasions. But this one is a fake. And he tends to this proconsul using these charlatan ways to manipulate the ruler for his own self-interest. And he's stopping this intellectual man from hearing the truth because he's a false prophet. He's getting in the way. Before the truth can be heard, you have to get rid of the false prophet. Because lies deny the truth. Lies get in the way of the truth. And it's the same thing for us. There are false prophets in our lives. You ever thought about what a false prophet is? Yes, there are some false prophets that are out there teaching other religions. And those ones are easy to spot. They're teaching another religion, using a different book, saying, well, this book and this book. It's easy to spot those ones, but there are other false prophets in our lives as well. And things that we believe, lies we believe, like if you only had the self-esteem The lie that you have to have a higher self-esteem. Because if you put your confidence in God, then the confidence will be in the one that He is making in you. Or this society, you know, we don't say this out loud, we just act on it. If I only had more stuff. I mean, how many of you guys have had to buy the next whatever it is? we got lots of stuff we don't leave. And the commercials we watch, they keep us in a state of fear because they know if we're in a state of fear, then we need something to you know, satisfy that and therefore we're going to buy more stuff. So if I only had that new whatever, that, that stuff, it doesn't have to be new to you, it's still new. That stuff, and we've got stuff, we, I mean, how many of you guys have stuff in your house you've never, you, don't, you haven't touched it in years? By the way, we have a yard sale coming up. <laughs> you know, but it doesn't have to be stuff that, you know, like... I remember at college when I was in the academic world, it was always the next book, right? If I just read the next book, then I'd have it figured out. And I'm not saying books are bad. I have more than I need. I'm not getting rid of them because I read them and I use them and all these wonderful sermons come from a lot of these, uh, the material come from these things. And, um, but they don't solve the issue. That lie, well, the evidence points away from God. Or if you're intellectual, you're not going to believe in God. Anybody heard that on social media lately? That's one of the big ones. The statistics show that if you have a higher education, you're less likely to be, uh, a higher intellect, you're less likely. To, and what they really mean is if you've gone to college and listened to all their work, all the, all the college, then you're less likely to believe because you've already had all these false prophets talk to you. 
starting with mankind and looking backwards or looking and saying, well, I can't prove God is like putting a beer bottle to your eye and telling yourself it's a telescope. It doesn't work. Or that guy on TV or YouTube or Facebook or, you know, TikTok, Snapchat. Most people on there have no need of being on there. They don't have any kind of studying behind them. They don't have any actual, you know, faith even. They say they're Christians when they're really not. And we act like because I heard it on TV, even if it's the TV I fit in my pocket, then it must be true. And the reality is we all have false prophets in our lives. There's none of us that don't. So don't deny say, well, I don't have false prophets. Yes, you do. If you are in this world at all, then you have a false prophet in your life. I guess there could be a monk somewhere that has no contact with anybody else and just the Bible. But that ain't you because you came to church today. So, you know, when you watch TV, you read a book, you listen to the radio, you pull out the A-track and put it in. Read the newspaper, listen to the radio. All these things have people that are preaching a sermon at you. Now, some of these are godly. You can listen to godly sermons on through the music that comes through the radio. And some of them, well, not so godly. And some of them, they're not anti-God. They're just pro-lust, pro-sex, pro, you know, whatever. And we have lots of different sermons that influence our lives. You watch a television show, there is a message in that show, even if it's something simple. I'll pick an older one because I see a lot of older. What about MASH? You guys remember MASH? I love MASH. Those even had messages behind them. Even though that wasn't the purpose of it, there was still a message in the episodes. We are come against sermons all the time. And I'm not saying these things are bad as long as we're aware of them. We have to watch and, and pay attention to what we read, what we, we put into our mind as we guard our gates. We have to be aware of the, 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 the spirits that attack, that, that come and, and, and face us. Um, John 1, 1 John 4, 1 and 2. Excuse me. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to determine if they are from God. If there were not other spirits out there, this passage wouldn't be in there. 
And they come to us and they tell us their sermons from all kinds of different directions. It's not just like, like some people see spirits everywhere. You know, like there's demons everywhere. There's a demon in that coffee cup. There's a demon in the... The chair broke because there's a demon in it. Well, maybe it's just because it's old and you're overweight. Um, <laughs> I'm a, there are demons that come to us and they talk to us. The spirits come to us from other places like television, like the radio. like the, And we have to determine whether they're not they're from God. Because many false prophets have come out into the world. And some of them preach at you like I'm preaching at you or like on TikTok. Let me tell you what's being said. Or sometimes they just come in more subtle, hidden ways through the music we listen to. And I'm not going to stop listening to my country music from time to time. That doesn't mean that I'm not aware of what that message is. And when I'm aware of that message... I can guard against that message. See, we, we, like to, uh, we like to put up these illusions and say, well, I don't have any of these things come up to me. It's like, if we don't admit that we have temptations, we won't guard against them. Think about the, the uh, book of Ephesians, the armor of God. Uh, the ladies are doing the armor of God on Monday nights right now. If you don't acknowledge that there are flaming arrows coming your way, you're not going to raise your shield to block them. You're just going to let one get you in the eye. We have to acknowledge that these things are out there and that we are tempted and that we do have things, false prophets in our lives, so that we can guard ourselves and not be alone but guard each other. We're not Rambo. We're not Commando. We're not even Pippi Longstocking. We can't do it on our own. We can't. It's not the way it works. We're in community, in body for a reason. The body has many types and parts that protect us all. We have feet that go, eyes that see, livers that help clean out, nose hair that keep things from coming in. Your body has a purpose for these things. And we have to be aware of these things. And we have to know that these things come into our life. And we have to acknowledge that we worship lots of things. You know, the Bible never says there's no other gods. It says to put no other gods before me. The reality is, if we, what is worship? So, well, worship is going to church. That's very narrow-minded what idea what worship is. And it's not really a biblical mindset of worship. Worship is declaring worth to something. So how many of you guys are going to declare worth to something surrounding this big game that's coming up this afternoon? Whether it's because you like football... Or you like the party that comes with it. Or maybe you like the halftime show. Or the commercials that go along with it. Many of you are going to have something going on with this big game. You've declared worth to it. Why? Because of whatever those reasons are. That's okay. 
I'm not saying, you know, become a monk. It's okay. You've declared worth to it. Don't let your worth, to, your declaration of worth to it be more than your declaration of worth to God. We, li- we live in a society, you have to work. I know none of, no one wants to work, everyone needs to work. The only thing worse than not having a job, uh, having a job is not having a job. We have to work. You declare worth to work for whatever reason, whether it's because you have a family and you got fam- mouths to feed, or it's because you enjoy heavy la- labor, or it's because you, whatever your work is involves children and you love children, or whatever that is, you've declared worth to that. That's great. God even calls us to declare worth to that. But don't let it become over God. The Bible says the root, not of all sins, the root of all kinds of sins is not money. It's the love of money. It's putting our need for money above our love of God. We need to be careful of all those false prophets that are out there because if we don't have those false prophets, will keep us from hearing the truth. And we need to be aware of them. We need to guard our gates. What is going on? You know, one, I can always tell that my guard, gate hasn't been guarded properly when like words start coming out of my mouth that ain't supposed to be there. Or, um, you know, the first thing I'm singing in the morning is not so good of a song. Or, uh, you know, we all have those things in our lives where you can tell when you have not guarded your gate. What's your gate? Your gate is your mind, your ears, your eyes, your mind. The Bible says we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. How do we renew our mind? It's what we hear, what we see, what we put into it. And you better believe that if you can be transformed God that way, I'm not saying lose your salvation. If you can be transferred for God that way, all those other false prophets can transform your mind in the wrong direction. We have to be we have to guard our gate and protect ourselves. And so, as we think about what's our next steps in this, what what does it mean for us? One of the questions we have to ask is, well, first, obviously, is have I accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior? Is He the Lord of my life? Because if it's not, then you're not going anywhere. But on top of that, it's what is, have I guarded my gate? Am I aware of the messages that are going in? Now, I'm not going to be one of those, those preachers that say, don't listen to it, watch any TV. I know those are out there. For some people, that's absolutely what needs to happen. But most of you are going to keep watching TV. Be aware of the messages that are coming out. You know, Every time I find that I say, I'm, I'm, I've got too much TV going on in my life, I fast from it. Take a period off from, from TV, whether it's, you know, week, month, couple months, whatever. Just take a, a break from TV. I'm always amazed at the messages I'm hearing when I go back to it. Because I, you, become desensit- you become sensitized to it. You don't hear it. And when you take a break from it, then you're like, oh, yeah, wow. So taking a break, fasting from these things can be a wonderful way to, say, to, to start guarding your gate. These are things in my life that 
you know, I remember I took a, a break from anything but Christian music for a couple of years. And it was hard at first. And I discovered new bands that I absolutely love now. Because I was not going to be listening to Casting Crowns all day long. Love Casting Crowns. <laughs> Demon Hunter's better. Um, <laughs> because I wanted to listen to just godly music. For a while, so then I'll go back to listening to other stuff. I, I know the messages that they're preaching at me. And so sometimes we need to take that break. Maybe that's where you're at in your next step. You need to take a break from something, whether it be the television or the radio. And you know what? You, that, how that happens? You don't just say, well, I'm going to, and then you stop. You have to plan it. Because you say, well, I'm going to, like, have you ever tried fasting? from anything, anything, like food, right? If you don't plan it, you're going to snack, because food is tempting. We need it to survive. So your body automatically tells you, eat this. You have to plan it. And have people usually in your life to help you with it. So that your wife does not cook your favorite meal while you're, 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 you're fasting. Or the plate of cookies. <laughs> But the same goes through, well, like, if I'm going to take a break from, from listening to this kind of music, you have to plan it. You know, you know, what stations are out there? Where can I get music? You're not going to give up music altogether. Where can I get music that is godly? You know, what kind of music is out there? You know, Air One's all right, but I ain't going to listen to it all the time. Movies, I, you know, I want to watch some TV. What can I watch that's, if I'm taking a break from this kind of movie, what, what kind of filters can I put on my, my TV? Maybe that's where you're at in your next step. You need to take a break. We need to be aware of the false prophets in your lives. Maybe you need to sit down and pray and say, you know what, I've got false prophets in my life. I need to step a break from them. It's someone I watch on YouTube is becoming too... Uh, pre uh, prevalent in my life I need to well maybe I don't know what the false prophet says maybe I need to just read my bible for myself because it's easy to let people tell you what's in the bible even your pastor you know, I, I hear what, read it for yourself you have uh, something that generations before have dreamed about the ability to read it for yourself Be in community together. Help your brother or sister fight against false prophets. Even false prophets that are called Jesus. You know, there's a pastor that once said that the devil doesn't have to create other religions. He just has to create a bunch of, um, uh, distort Jesus so much that Christians don't know which one to follow. We have to be careful what Jesus we're following. We can make Jesus out of everything, right? The police Jesus. You know, going to get you. The vending machine Jesus. 
please God, give me, or the casino Jesus, maybe if I pull the lever. Super Jesus, he saves me and then flies away. Leave me alone, just save me and leave me alone. Psychedelic Jesus. There's a song by Bride, Psychedelic Super Jesus. It talks about uh, the Jesus that we make him out of. That's he's a. You guys, some of you guys remember the '70s. I can look at your face and you're like psychedelic. I remember those days. <laughs> as we leave today, as we as we close. What Jesus are you following? What prophets are in your life that you need to be aware of and put that shield up against? Father God, we praise you today, Lord. We, we worship you, Lord. I pray that we are aware of the false prophets in our lives, those prophets out there that are keeping us from seeing the truth. Lord, I pray that you, you help us to fast from those so that we, that we take break here only you, Lord. I pray that you will help us to realize those and make it abundantly clear who they are in our lives so that we, we, we become focused only on you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We thank you. Forgive us for those times where we've listened to the lies and we've gone down the wrong path. But Lord, we want to be filled with your grace and your mercy and we want to move forward in your love and in your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.